What's going on, everybody? Glenn P. Brooks Jr. here. I'm an author, I'm a speaker, and I'm a coach. And I want to welcome you to We All Need Some Help Wednesday, the podcast. I get the opportunity to add value to entrepreneurs, business owners, and ministry leaders, both on and offline. And this episode is going to be no different. Stick around, and we're going to get started right now. Well, it's good to be back with you guys for another edition of We All Need Some Help Wednesday, the podcast. I'm Glenn P. Brooks Jr., and I'm telling you right now, today is going to be a special day. I know I say that all the time, uh, but I I get excited about the people that we get to invite um, on this particular podcast. And the reason why, as an entrepreneur or business owner or a ministry leader, oftentimes, guys, we really are struggling to find a connection with people who've been there and they've done that. When you see brands that are amazing, when you see businesses that have built uh, big businesses, and, and, and I'm not just talking about revenue, many times it's just impact. They are making an impact on society. I promise you that the leaders of that organization has a story behind their brand that's informing what you see. I'm gonna say it again. There is a story behind that brand that informs what it is that you see see in real life. And so today, without further ado, I've been uh, really excited about this for a while. Um, my guy, uh, Abraham Scully, is coming through. He's an author. He's a speaker. Uh, he leans into the mental health space on a regular basis. Uh, I want to talk to him a little bit about the story uh, behind his, his brand. Abraham, welcome to We All Need Some Help Wednesday, the podcast, bro. Thanks so much, Glenn. I appreciate it. I'm excited about this conversation. I'm excited to be on the podcast. Um, thanks so much. Yeah, Abraham, listen, man, uh, you and I work together in real life. I've known you for a number of years, and I have always been amazed at your journey to where you are. You are a speaker. You you speak for a living. That's what you do full time. And you find yourself on stages and on college campuses around the world, quite frankly, and you're traveling and doing all the things. Let's go back and let's talk a little bit about your story. How did what you go through as a kid growing up, how did that inform the brand as as it as it sits today? And uh, I really want people to understand this idea of mental health from your perspective. So if you can take us back a little bit, Abraham Scully, the kid, uh, not that it was super long ago because you are a, 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 a budding, a budding millennial. I, I don't even know. I think you've crossed over into what I don't even know the other... Uh, other thing people need to know that you are really the youngest in charge and i say that on purpose because a lot of times abraham people will despise your youth and they will look at your youth as if it's something that should handicap you and you are killing the game sir so take us back and talk us through yeah um i love that love that question and and how you framed it up for me young abe as um my parents and those who know and love me call me abe uh, it started with a desire, really. If I can think far as back, you know, as far back as I can remember, I always had this deep desire to do something meaningful, to impact someone's life. It didn't look like um, the scale that I'm doing it right now. It didn't look like stages. It didn't look like, you know, hundreds and thousands of people like that. But it looked like being able to have a conversation with somebody and leave them better than how we met. And I think that deep desire 
formed my decisions as I continue to grow up and, and even my, my, uh, my thought process. I heard you talking a lot about mindset mastery and making it happen. And so my mindset shifted because I had a desire to make an impact. So, um, as it relates to my brand, um, and having that desire already, anything that I would experience in my life, I would ask myself the question, how can I use this to impact or inspire someone? So rewind to um, my college years. Um, I attended the University of West Florida in Pensacola, Florida. Um, I studied psychology as my um I got my bachelor's in psychology, I actually started off an IT major, um, but I found out really quickly that that was not the route for me. Um, I was not a programming guy. I just wanted to make a lot of money. Uh, so I ended up switching to psychology um, to answer that question for me, which was how can I make an impact? So uh, rewind, you know, back to my college years, I went through a very difficult um, time in my life mentally. I was the first in my family to graduate or to go to college, I was the first in my family to do a lot of things. And I found myself um, in the depths of depression during my first year of college. It was so bad to the point where I wasn't able to get out of bed. I wasn't able to go to classes. I wasn't able to go to work at the time. Um, and it later led to a, a withdrawal um, from medical withdrawal from school. And um, during my second semester, first year, I ended up going back home. My hometown is Miami, Florida. Um, and just for some context, that's about 700 miles um, from where I attended school. Um, and so I was back home from college and again, asking myself the question, how can I use what I'm experiencing right now as an opportunity to inspire somebody to impact? And um, what I was going through at the time was depression. And as I continue asking myself that question every single day and struggling through depression every single day, uh, God spoke to me. My creator spoke to me one morning and he was like, this is your opportunity to speak to inspire. So when you ask the question, Glenn, how does, you know, your story in your life kind of frame your brand and what you do? Everything from the name of my company to what I talk about, to how I make an impact, everything is centered around, you know, what I experienced and how I'm using that to inspire others. So I hope that answers that question. Yeah, absolutely. For those of you guys who are just tuning in, this is We All Need Some Help Wednesday, the podcast. Uh, we're recording this live as we sit on stage here in Clubhouse. And one of the things that I like to do in this particular segment is really talk about uh, people's stories and how it informed their brand. Abraham, as a child growing up, you had the chance to witness some things that kids probably shouldn't see, and it affected you. Um, how did some of those things show up in a way to actually help you? You talk about the name of your company, your brand speaking to inspire. When you're going through stuff that's not very inspiring, where does the strength come from for you to be able to make that adjustment and now take what it is that you uh, have gone through to make an impact on somebody else's life? When you realize that your life, your life is not just for you and the things that you go through is not just for you, it, it kind of puts you in a position to show up when you're not inspired and show up when you don't feel like it. Um, I heard somebody mention earlier about habits and, and how when you develop habits, they literally run your life. 
And so it was a habit for me to show up because it wasn't just about how I felt in that moment. As it relates to your question about my upbringing and what I saw, I grew up in a Christian household. My dad was a pastor growing up. I grew up in a Jamaican household. Both my parents are immigrants from Jamaica. Part of that experience, a lot of that experience shaped the way I saw uh, mental health, my emotions, my feelings, the way I thought about um, seeking help and opening up about difficult conversations. And what I saw a lot of is when you are in a difficult situation, you withdraw. When you're in a difficult situation, you avoid it by any means necessary. Um, I would see, you know, my parents go through different things in their life, whether it was financial difficulties, marital difficulties, whatever the case was. And when a difficult situation came up, you would withdraw, you would hide, you would act as if everything was okay. And so when I started to experience depression and later found out that it was, you know, clinical depression, I was diagnosed and put on medication for depression. I handled it the same exact way. I I knew the symptoms. Well, I didn't know the symptoms at the time, but I knew something was off. So I knew that I was going through something, but everything in me was saying, you, you can't open up about this. You can't share with anyone that you're struggling. You can't talk about the fact that mentally you don't have it in you to, to do what it is that, that you need to do. And so I isolated, I withdrew. Um, and like I mentioned, it later led to me having to withdraw from college. So some, those are some of the things that I saw. Um, but then again, it came back to, yes, I'm going through this right now. I'm not inspired right now. I'm, it's difficult right now. But at some point, there's going to be an opportunity for me to use this to inspire others. So I got to show up regardless. Yeah, man, I love that, Abraham. You know, one of the things, Abe, that I know um, that helps business owners and business people once they are growing and they're in the midst of uh, building their brand is a tribe or a community uh, that will come alongside of them to do that. And I know often my wife, and she's you know, on record having written about it, um, has struggled with depression most of her life, anxiety, those kinds of things. Uh, when you feel isolated and when you feel alone and when you feel like you are the only one, it is very difficult to show up. How, how did you, um, when you withdrew from college, how did you use your community in order or how did you build your community in a way that it could support you? Yeah, so I got to start by saying I didn't do any of those great things that you just described. Um, it was hard for me to articulate the fact that I was struggling because number one, I grew up in a household where I didn't see that. Number two, I'm a black man living in America. And so we must be the provider, the protector, the priest. Um, and we must not show any signs of vulnerability, which is what they say. Right. And so I didn't know how to do that early on, but what I found out was that even though that's how I felt internally, that was not the, the truth. That was a lie. And there were people in my life who wanted to serve and support me in a way that I felt like only I was supposed to serve and support. So one thing that I find with a lot of people that I talk to um, or anything is that when you are the big brother, when you are 
the the one who does the serving when you are the one who shows up you're the strong friend right it's very difficult for you to receive the same things that you give so it's difficult for you to receive love it's difficult for you to receive um a safe space it's difficult for you to receive help because you're always in that position of giving that and so when i started to identify that there were people who just wanted to love me just for me and didn't want anything from me, I started to lean into those conversations. And in college, I found that thankfully through a friend of mine who saw that I was struggling with depression. She didn't know what it was at the time, but she saw me isolating. She saw the smile turn upside down. She saw the fact that I was ignoring her phone calls, her text messages. And I remember Man, like it was yesterday because that conversation literally changed my life. I was in my apartment. Um, it was, you know, broad daylight outside, but I had the blinds closed. I was underneath my covers because I, I just didn't feel safe going anywhere. I didn't have the energy to do anything. And it was a weekend and I got a phone call from this best friend of mine. And she said, yo, Abe, you good? And, you know, just to answer the phone and hear that immediately, I'm thinking, okay, that's, that's a little off. I'm not, you know, used to that. Um, and so I just share with her, yeah, I'm good. Everything is great. You know, of course I'm good. And she dug a little bit deeper and she, what she was doing in that moment was creating a space for me to open up. But I had never felt that before. That had never happened um, and I had never recognized that. And so as she was doing that, she created, you know, the environment for me to be what I like to call hot, honest, open and transparent. And for the first time in my life, I opened up with my best friend that day and I told her everything. I told her how I wasn't eating like I normally do. I told her how I wasn't sleeping at night because I was having these negative racing thoughts keeping me up. I told her how I didn't have motivation to go to classes, to go to work. I told her how, you know, I was just struggling, you know, with dark thoughts and I didn't know what was going on. And after describing everything that I was experiencing, she said to me, yo, it sounds like you're depressed. It sounds like depression. But in my mind, I was thinking to myself, nah, people like me, we don't get depressed. Like I'm an optimistic guy. I'm a black man. You know, I'm a hard worker. I'm a, I'm a motivator. I am motivated. Like I don't get depressed, but that was my response and my understanding because I didn't know what depression was as a mental illness. I didn't know how to define what depression was. I didn't know how to identify the symptoms, the signs. I didn't know what it, what it looked like. And so when I described that and she said this was depression, and then she further shared that there were resources on campus that I could utilize if I was depressed so I didn't have to suffer in silence, I started to reshape the way I thought about this. And that was a long process. That was a difficult process, but it led to me being able to invite and encourage more conversations, just like the one I had with my best friend on um, that day. Um, I then started to find, you know, other people who loved and cared about me and wanted to open up, you know, wanted to have these spaces with me. I started to find those and utilize those relationships. I 
um, started to meet with the therapist and started to utilize that relationship as well. So, you know, it was a constant journey of growing and developing. Um, but I, I really think it was me wanting it so bad because one thing I can say about human beings is that we all, <laughs> like like Glenn would say, we all need some help, but we all need connection. We all need to feel loved, supported, connected. And if we don't feel that connection, we literally die, right? And, and we, we die, you know, socially, emotionally, spiritually, physically. But when we have that connection, it helps us to thrive in ways that we wouldn't be able to do otherwise. Um, and so I sought that connection and did whatever I needed to do to get that. Man, I love it. For those of you guys who are just jumping in the room here with us on Clubhouse Live, or maybe you're listening to this podcast later, I just want to say how grateful and how proud I am of our guest. His name is Abraham Scully. He's an author. He is a speaker. He does this stuff for a living. Uh, he shows up on college campuses around uh, the U.S. and abroad, uh, carrying the message and speaking to inspire the message of eradicating mental health or the stigma of that. Um, Abraham, I want you to bring us up to today. Um, you've had a chance to, based on, and man, I just loved and I hope people really heard how you had to first be self-aware enough to know that this person is actually reaching out to me. Uh, that's what that looks like. It's that person who's reaching out for the strong friend, the person who's reaching out to ask the hard questions, the person who's reaching out to share support by offering resources, uh, not to necessarily uh, understand. They may not understand, but they also know you're not you. Um, today, you're doing that on a mass scale uh, for a whole lot of people, a whole lot of uh, college students. Um, you're not far out of college. And the truth of the matter is you have a heart uh, to help these students. Talk to us a little bit about Speaks to Inspire, what it does, how does it work, um, how can people get in touch with you, how can they work with you, what is on your heart today? Yeah, so thank you so much. Um, you can you can reach out and, and actually uh, receive our free mental health resource guide by just going to speakstoinspire.com. That speaks with an S at the end, the number two, inspire.com um, join our newsletter and get that free resource guide right now um, what life and business really looks like is being able to serve and support young adults who are suffering in silence one thing that i realized um, is that not every young adult suffers in silence and i want to bring you in on this um glenn really quickly i have a question for you um, as I was going through college, I had uh, friends, you know, who weren't I had I had friends who weren't um, afraid of talking about their mental health, afraid of talking about the fact that they take medication for anxiety or medication for depression. And although that was easy for them to talk about, I was like, whoa, we don't share that information. Why are you saying that stuff out loud? That's weird. Like, don't don't do that. But I realized that there were a group of young adults who were suffering in silence. And although there were others who were not, they were getting the help that they needed. There were also a group that was suffering in silence. And Glenn, I'd just like to ask you, um, in terms of demographics and groups of, of people, who would you say are those who are suffering in silence? 
in terms of demographics, um, I can tell you just from my perspective, um, I, I believe that uh, there are a ton of people who have accomplished things, um, major things. Maybe on the outside they look super successful. And uh, there's a huge group of people there that are suffering in silence because the truth of the matter is, is that the things that they've built hold up the facade that they're okay on the inside. And um, I think about people my age. I'm 55. Um, I can promise you this. Um, there are times where I have gone through and nobody would know that because I have an obligation to show up. So anybody who is in the space of building whether it is a business or a ministry and they're really successful or at least marginally successful enough to make people believe that they, quote, got it all together. I think that's a huge group of people. And, and I'm careful not to necessarily put an age on that because this is one of the things I think that when you see uh, children who uh, meteorically shoot up and they just jump off the page and they go to skyrocket fame or whatever the case may be, they struggle oftentimes because their identity and who they are hasn't really been developed. But now they have to prop up this thing that they've built or that's happened and uh, and it's they're obligated to kind of to show up and never say that, man, I'm struggling and uh, I don't understand what's going on. So I, I think that that's a, a group, maybe a demographic, people who've built something that is successful or at least successful looking, uh, they suffer in silence greatly uh, because they, they, they're obligated or they feel they're obligated to hold up that facade. 100%. And, and you're exactly right. What I hear you saying, a part of what I hear you saying is those who are uh, courageous, those who are bold, those who are the first. What we found in our research a lot of times is the students who are, or the young adults, and like you said, it, it doesn't even matter what age, those who are suffering in silence oftentimes are, are the first time uh, students, first generation students, minority students, um, uh, students who are in the LGBTQ plus community, students who may not necessarily um, have safe spaces to say, hey, I'm not myself today, or hey, you know, I don't have everything perfectly figured out, Black students. And so as we've noticed that this is the case, that's who we speak to specifically. And what we do at Speaks to Inspire is we provide solutions through comprehensive programs that decrease the stigma of prioritizing their mental health and well-being. What we need young adults to know is that there's no shame in taking care of yourself. There's no shame in prioritizing you. There's no shame in doing what you need to do to ensure that you are successful in whatever it is that you do. And that starts with your mental health. When your mental health is not right, every other area in your life will, will experience um, the, the effect of that. And it trickles down into your relationships and how you show up in your, in your classes, in your work, in your business. It shows up in every other area. So we're working on decreasing that stigma and providing practical tools that that you can utilize to take care of you. I love it, man. Listen, this has been an incredible, incredible, insightful conversation, bro. And uh, I so appreciate not only the work that you're doing for others, but really more importantly, the work you did on you. 
Because had you not done that work, Abraham, you're not showing up with substance and you're not able to add this crazy amount of value to people who are struggling oftentimes mentally and uh, and they're doing it by themselves and they don't have to. Um, I just want to let you know, man, appreciate you. You are welcome to come back. Uh, we definitely got to keep up in, you know, in this space, at least uh, on this podcast about what are the things you're doing. I know that um, you were featured on MTV um, in a documentary. How has that kind of exposure really helped to add value to the experience that you have uh, or that you, you know, in, in the experience that you do serving other people? The biggest thing is has been the reach. Um, the impact is global now. I've been able to hear from people, not just in the United States, you know, all over the world who have been impacted by the film. It's called Each and Every Day. Um, it's actually still streaming on MTV.com. It's a very impactful film. If you know any individual who has struggled with their mental health, specifically any young adult um, who has struggled with their mental health, um, suicide, suicidal thoughts, uh, the film does a really great job of showcasing how you can identify the signs in different people and what you can do to support so that we can prevent suicide. Uh, we've recently had, you know, a few celebrity suicides that have been in the news. Um, and one thing that I want to share and bring light to is that one lie from depression is that you're, you're alone. One lie from uh, mental illness is that no one understands and that even if you open up, no one will be able to help you because they don't understand your unique situation. And for anyone who is suffering in silence, anyone who is at that edge, because the reality is we don't know the young lady who died by suicide just recently, a couple of days ago. Everybody who knew her, from my understanding, saw her as this upbeat, excited, happy, lively individual, and then she dies by suicide. And so I just want to share with anyone who's listening, you're not alone. There are resources. Your life does matter. You're valuable. You mean everything to many people. And there are resources that you can take advantage of to make sure that you're not suffering in silence and you're getting the help that you need. So the the movie um, is still available. I encourage anyone to watch it each and every day on MTV. Um, and that has just helped me to to spread the message like wildfire. Um, you know, when when the when it streamed live. Um, there were so many people that had texted me, um, sent me messages just saying, you know, how impacted they were by the film and just thanking me for sharing my story. Um, one thing that I realized is when I share my story, I don't just speak for me. I speak for a lot of people who look like me and have the same experience um, as me. And so when I speak and I show up, I speak with them in mind. Right. I'm trying to create that space that. I, you know, wish I would have had or, you know, I would have been comfortable opening up. And, and so I use my voice to do that. And so the, the impact has been phenomenal since that film. 
Well, man, let me say this. Uh, one other resource, and, and I have to shamelessly plug this. I'm holding in my hand a book that you wrote called Unlearn the Lies, A Guide to Reshaping the Way We Think About Depression. And uh, this is a great resource, Abraham, and I appreciate you writing this because it helps you just to kind of identify what depression is, what it is not, how does it look. And just as you said, how do I, as a person who may not be uh, struggling with this, how do I support uh, someone who is? In my case, uh, you know, being able to identify those signs in my wife, I can tell when she's low. I can tell when she's not doing well. I can tell when her anxiety is ramping up. And it's informed me, you know, the, uh, in ways that I can be a support and not a deterrent, quite frankly, because of me just not paying attention or not knowing, just being ignorant of what it is that I see. So, um, yeah, if for those of you guys who um, are listening to this, Speaks to Inspire is... Uh, the name of the website speaks with a number two at the end, inspire.com. Uh, I'm sure that you can get a copy of Abraham's book there and everything else about Speaks to Inspire. Abraham, thank you, man, for everything that you're doing. And I just want to encourage you to keep showing up. I appreciate you, Glenn. It is my pleasure. Thank you for everything. Ab- Absolutely. That's the end of this uh, particular episode of We All Need Some Help Wednesday, the podcast. We'll be back uh, next week with another uh, a podcast with another story behind the brand. Here's what I want y'all to do. Do me a huge favor. Go to wherever you uh, see or you consume, actually, your podcast and just type in hashtag We All Need Some Help. I promise you ours will pop up. I want you to download it. I want you to like it. I want you to give it some reviews because we really want to uh, populate this world that uh, at the end of the day, uh, you can not get to any place of significance by yourself because we all need some help. Y'all be good and we'll see you back next time. Well, I'd like to thank you guys for joining us once again for another edition of We All Need Some Help Wednesday, the podcast. Uh, Be sure to download this. And if you need to connect to us any kind of way, uh, you can reach us at www.glennpbrooksjr.com. At the end of the day, y'all already know what time it is. You cannot get to any place of significance by yourself because we all need some help. Y'all be good and we'll talk soon.